and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Welcome to the Rush Soccer Club Development Series. I'm your host, Nick Penn, Executive Director of Rush Soccer. We'll be focusing on specific areas of club development within the Rush. The goal is to use Rush leaders from across the US to help share ideas and advice on best practices of the Rush way. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Rush Soccer Club Development Series with your host, Nick Penn, the Executive Director of Rush Soccer, exclusively on the Rush Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Rush Club Development Series. I'm your host, Nick Penn. Today I'm joined by Paul Furlong, the Technical Director of Tennessee Rush, Mackenzie Morris, the Director of the Rush Fest, and Kevin Lowry, the Executive Director of Minnesota Rush. In this episode, we're going to tackle events and get some advice from Kevin, Mac and Paul on how they've managed to run successful events to help support their club. Let's get started. Mackenzie, Kevin, Paul, thanks for joining us today for the podcast on events. So let's get right into it. And uh, we've got four or five questions to ask you guys and see if we can help educate all the other Rush clubs around the country on some of the things that you do that are working and some of the hurdles we've faced. So, uh, Paul, let's start with you. Um, what events do your clubs run and uh, what's the purpose of them? Are they there to help your club financially or for other reasons? Yeah, we run, uh, we actually run eight competitive soccer tournaments. Um, we run two recreational jamborees each, uh, each year. And then we uh, run a large uh, winter indoor league. Um, sort of on the back end of that as well, we we actually have a uh, a year round camp program that goes on as well. So, um, you know, the the reason for us to do them all uh, is is absolutely it supports us uh, financially. Um, we're able to keep our fees low because of the revenue that uh, these events manage to generate. Um, so it's a, it's a big part of what we do. That's fantastic. And, and that, that must be a lot of work. Do you have a, a single tournament director or is there a bunch of people that do it with you? Yeah, we, we actually have an events director um, and he, uh, he takes care of all the tournaments um, and all the winter league and, and most of the camps that we do. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Kevin, what about up in Minnesota? I know I had the pleasure of coming to one of your uh, appreciation events. Um, tell us a little bit about that and anything else that you do. Yeah, that's probably our, our capsule program there that we do uh, towards the end of the end of the season for us in November. What we do is a volunteer appreciation dinner. Um, we bring in all of our volunteers that we've had throughout the year, uh, our coaches, our staff, our board members, and uh, we just get together, have a free dinner for them. We go through uh, a number of different announcements. Um, each year is a little bit different. This year we had uh, Nick come out and talk to us about Rush a little bit more. Um, and, and then we do uh, kind of giveaways uh, to, to uh, the, the members there. We'll put together baskets that get sponsored by different sponsors throughout the, the community. And uh, it's just a great time to get together and uh, say thank you and uh, to have, a, have a wonderful time. In addition to that, we run, um, we run one, one large tournament in the middle of the summer, and then we do two 3v3 tournaments, in-house tournaments, um, kind of like Jamboree-style rec uh, throughout the summer season. And then we also have three uh, futsal tournaments in the wintertime that we run as well. That's fantastic. Uh, you guys are busy. All right, let's move on to the next one. So, Mackenzie, you got a couple of hats on because I know you uh, work with the Rush Fest and you're also doing some stuff with Colorado Rush. When you're putting on these events, what are some of the hurdles that uh, you have to face and, and overcome? Yeah, um, 
I would say that, you know, working with my local club and then working on a national level, you definitely run into kind of different hurdles. But overall, I would say the biggest thing is kind of getting the membership to understand the purpose of the events and kind of getting them to to see it and plan for it ahead of time. So one of the things that we've seen is really successful is um, we add it into their team calendars at the beginning of the season. And so that way they just kind of know and they can plan for it. But um, I would say just having them understand um, the importance of it. So Rush Fest is a great example because it's only one age group. So it's really hard um, for people who are new to Rush Fest or have never heard about Rush Fest to really understand and grasp the concept of it. So um, that's kind of the biggest obstacle is just making sure that people are well aware of what each event is and why it's important. Fantastic. That's uh, good information there. So uh, what about Paul? If you've got a bunch of tournaments, you've got, or do you say eight full-time tournaments? Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the hurdles you're facing? Our biggest hurdle um, is always the weather. Uh, without a shadow, with everything we do, aside from the, the winter league in, that's indoors, it's the weather. That's the biggest variable. We're not, you know, we're in uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, and the weather can be crazy. You know, we can get 75 degrees and sunny in November, December, and then we can get snow in March. Um, you know, throw that in with, with storms and everything that comes through. Um, that is always our biggest variable. Um, we've got a we've got a fantastic facility that we use that can cope with a lot, but it can't cope with everything that comes through. So that's that's always our biggest concern. Do you uh, do you have insurance to cover it? Is there something you can do to mitigate the loss if it does get cancelled? We don't. We've we've looked into it on several um, on several occasions, and it's uh, you know. The initial uh, time we looked at it, it was just, you know, it was cost prohibitive. Um, you know, it was going to cost so much for the premiums to to cover. And then more recently, we had a tournament rained out uh, back in October. And we um, had some discussions with Lloyds of London about potentially, uh, um, you know, providing some coverage. And, you know, the, the fine print um, was, was so fine that... Uh, yeah, it was going to be very hard to get a claim uh, based on, you know, often the way we do end up cancelling a tournament. You know, it's normally at the tournament director's, uh, um, uh, you know, the cho- choice to cancel or not, or the, the club's choice to cancel. Well, the, the, the insurance companies weren't going to have that. Um, so we we just don't do it. We essentially self-insure. Yeah, and Colorado, we have uh, similar issues. We have the the storms. Anyone that's been to the Rush Fest has probably seen those. And then the winter, we can get anything like you have seventy five degrees on Tuesday, and then foot of snow on Thursday. So um, you can't really plan. Very good. Um, Okay, let's move on here then. Um, Let's start with you, Kevin. So, um, you, what kind of buy-in do you get from your? How do you get the buy-in from your families to attend or volunteer or, or make it special? Yeah, for our different events, for our volunteers, um, we we show the kickback that they're getting from the kids. You know, we we looked at doing a number of things saying, you know, um, you have to provide an extra hundred bucks or whatever it is or volunteer X amount of hours. We, we didn't go down those paths. What we just decided to do was say, hey, this is a great opportunity for your child to play um, and we expect and hope that two to three volunteers from each team 
are able to jump in. I, I, I generate a calendar and I list all the different areas that we need help in. And then the teams will go out and sign up a parent with contact information. They put it in there um, and then we just kick it off. I, I kind of lead it at the top, uh, the top level and just say, okay, this is what needs to get done. This is the time frame it needs to be done by, and we, we move on. A lot of the volunteers are repeat volunteers. They enjoy doing it. It's very well organized, um, and uh, we, we do a good job with it. Awesome. I think uh, that buying comes from the culture that's created around the club a little there as well. If those uh, guys believe in what you're doing, it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, Mackenzie, what about you? Uh, how did, has, especially on the Rush Fest side of things, I think that might be a little bit different. But how do you get those volunteers or the yeah. staff to make it real special? Um, for the tournaments, you know, for volunteers, it's kind of easy um, on a local level. We have um, a lot of eager parents that really love to help. And so managers, things like that, people really like to. And again, the coaches encourage it and kind of get. Oh, do we lose her? All right. We'll have a, we'll come back and ask that one in a minute and we can have Josh cut it in. You Kevin and Paul, you still there though, yeah? Yep. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks, Mackenzie. Uh, Paul, um, let's go back to you. Do you get sponsors for your tournaments and how do you go about getting them? Uh, not really. It's, it's an area that we've just, we've never uh, gone into too much um, that we should. We just don't have the expertise to go after, after the sponsorship. We've, we've had a few um that have you know in essence fallen into our lap um plus we you know we we feed our volunteers and all that kind of stuff so we have a few little small scale things with restaurants where they're you know they'll they'll barter out some food for a little bit of advertising um but we don't it's it's an area that you know we just haven't really gone into well if anyone's listening to this and you've got some uh, wonderful ideas then uh, make sure you reach out and uh, maybe Paul and his group can take advantage. What about you, Kevin? Um, do you have sponsors? I know you said a little bit about the baskets, which is, I'm assuming, team volunteer, but anything else? I, actually, the baskets are uh, business. Um, and um, yeah, we do. So each of our rec teams, our, our rec program consists of roughly 2,000 kids for both the uh, springtime and then another 2,000 for the fall. And at that time, we get each team sponsored by a business. And um, when the businesses are signing up, it's a relatively cheap buy-in. I think they can sponsor a team for like 140 bucks. Uh, when they buy into that, then we start offering, okay, here are the other events that are coming up. Um, we would definitely like, you know, for example, if it was Shields, for example, we definitely would like you to donate maybe 10 soccer balls. And then those are part of our baskets that we start putting together. Or uh, if they want to just donate extra money uh, for the program, and they can certainly do that as well. So there's just different uh, levels that they can continue to contribute at. And then we also show them the return that they're going to get by being a volunteer in that program. So if it's a tournament, the signage that they're going to get, we give each team when they check in a bag, obviously, with a whole bunch of different goodies in there. And then coupons and all that good stuff uh, to help promote their business as well. That's good to get the local businesses involved as well. Fantastic. Um all right, last question here then. Let's. Uh, so if you had some advice for a club that's uh, maybe new or looking to start off a new event, what are some of the first things you'd say to them to make sure it's successful? Uh, let's go with you, uh, Paul, to start with. 
Yeah, I think this one's this one's fairly easy and fairly uh, straightforward as far as I'm concerned. You you know they've got to one be in it for the long haul, um, in that creating some kind of event that's going to be there for a long time. Um, by doing that, you can focus solely on the quality of the event, the quality of the experience, whether that's you know forming the best brackets possible so you get good competition, whether that's you know the facilities that you use. Um, whether that's how the, the check-in procedure is for managers, the registration procedure, looking after coaches. You know, if you focus on that, um, then your events are going to be successful over the long term. And even when you do have things like a rain out, um, you know, people are going to come back if you're providing them a good service. If you're, you know, if you have a, um, a good refund policy, as simple as things like that, um, you know, we, we set up several, uh, about five years ago, we started two showcase events uh, and it was specifically done um, to provide good talent for our teams, uh, provide good competition for our teams. So going into it, we said, we're not worried about the bottom line of the event at all. We're not worried about making a, a penny off the event. Um, we want to provide the best possible event for our players. Well, that focus has quickly led it in four years to be, you know, our most profitable events. And, and we weren't even trying to make any money out of it because we looked after college coaches. We looked after the coaches, the teams. We focused solely on quality. Um, if clubs go out there just looking to try and make a quick buck, you know, trying to, you know, keep as much money as possible or just, you know, trying to, uh, you know, force people to come to an event, then it's, it's not going to be longstanding and, and people are not going to come back. Yeah, that is, I've done a few of these podcasts now and that player-centric or coach-centric view of doing stuff is, is repeated over and over again. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not about the money. It's about taking care of the people first and then yep. everything else will follow. That, that's fantastic. Um, uh, Mac, so uh, advice that you would give some people out there if they're looking to make their first event successful, what's some of the stuff that you would look at? Um, I would say... Definitely utilize the templates that are in place if there are any. Um, If the club has ever run something similar or um, just using the resources that you have. Um, I know this is my first year of doing tournaments for Colorado Rush and Damien Frederick has been a wonderful resource for me and just super willing to help me understand the things that I don't know. and then for Fest, obviously, kudos to you, Nick, because you did a really good job at documenting kind of what needs to be done. And it's a lot easier to take what you already have and add on to it or tweak it versus starting completely fresh. Um, but we have so many people and resources within the o- our own organization that um, even if you do have to start fresh, I think that there's so many ways to kind of get ideas and what works and what doesn't and um, templates. And so I would say utilizing those in the planning and then during the event, just document what works, document what people like. Um, definitely on that player centric focus um, for Fest, for example, we really want to interview players, interview coaches and have that as a marketing tool of what, um, what are the players like? What are the, what are the families like and expose that stuff. And that helps just to create a better event. So I would say just, just really stay in tune and stay listening to the people that are involved and the staff that's involved and um, be open to taking ideas and 
opening open to shifting things in an appropriate way to enhance each event yeah i think the beauty of rush is that we have so many people out here that are experts in other areas that maybe we're not that you can utilize the stuff in the rush intellectual property and the folders and the templates like you're saying Uh, good stuff uh kevin let's end on you uh maybe a slightly different angle um if if our club wanted to do an appreciation dinner or something that appreciates those players rather than the tournament side of things, what what are some of the things you would advise? Well, I would first off look to see where you want to do the event um, and then contact those folks and see if you can work out, work out a deal because um, not only are you uh, doing a a large event, appreciation dinner where you're having two, 300 people come in, um, you're, you're marketing for them as well. And so maybe there's uh, some discount stuff that you can go on there and some sponsorship. Um, so look, look at the event, uh, number one. Um, the number two, uh, build that, build that uh, database program where you're just emailing out your families, um, your volunteers, sorry, not your families, but your volunteers and, and telling them how much do you appreciate them and that this dinner is for them. And, and uh, we really would like for them to come. There's prizes to be won. Uh, those type of things there. And then um, third would be the, the the sponsorship piece of it where we put together the, the gift baskets uh, at the end there. Um, I have uh, several uh, board members that take care of that for me uh, at the from the executive board level. And they, they just go out and hit the businesses up and, and put together the baskets. Um, it, it wouldn't take much. I mean, people love to be they love to feel appreciated, as we all do. And um, one of the other things I would piggyback on with your question to uh, Mac and Paul there was, you know, take take and do something special for your volunteers if they're helping you with your tournament um, or any of the events. You know, just simply send out a card with a $25 gift card in it to like Panera or something just out, out of the blue um, and, and just say, hey, you know what? I really thank you for your time. There's a number of times where we we're at a restaurant, myself and my, my coaching director or something like that. We're just getting a beer and talking and. We see a volunteer walk in and we just go up to the waitress and we just say, we're going to pay for their meal. And we don't even tell them about it. Um, and so it's just small things like that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I might come visit you more often and uh, find out where you're going <laughs> to dinner. Um, no, that is uh, very, very good stuff, guys. I appreciate it. And um, if anybody that's listening has questions, you can feel free to reach out to these guys. we got Port Tennessee, uh, Kevin Minnesota and um, Mackenzie is out in Colorado and, of course, the Rush Fest. And uh, the idea is we continue to share our experiences and our knowledge and things that we've come across to help everyone else get better. So, um, Paul, Mark, and Kevin, appreciate your time there. And, uh, and thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Rush Soccer Club Development Series. I was your host, Nick Penn, Executive Director of Rush Soccer. Be sure to like and follow our page to stay updated on all our latest podcasts. If you have something specific you would like to be covered in this series, please feel free to reach out. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to sharing more thoughts and advice next time. You're listening to the Rush Soccer Club Development Series with your host, Nick Penn, the Executive Director of Rush Soccer, exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network.